The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets the crossing. It's towards one Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera, only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Give and Go. I'm your host, Rotas Wadera, coming to you live from Los Angeles. Thank you for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. And again, for all the latest and greatest news, analysis, lifestyle information, all of it you can get at www.girlssoccernetwork.com. And of course, if you like this show, please leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you can find this show. Please give us a review, give us some feedback. And of course, if you really like this show and you love everything that we do, share and subscribe, please. It, it goes a long way for us. So thank you again for all of your support. For whoever's listening, thank you from around the world. We greatly, greatly appreciate you. And be, again, be sure to check out Girls Soccer Network. Episode 41, we've got a lot planned. U.S. Women's National Team Summer Series action. Plus, we look forward to the Olympics. We have NWSL action, all the news, latest signings. We're going to bring you all of that, as well as a very special interview with Taylor Korniak of the Orlando Pride, one of the better up-and-coming strikers in the game today, someone to definitely keep your eye on moving forward. But before we get into the U.S. Women's National Team talk, we want to take a minute to talk about Blaze a new coaching app that gives you the flexibility to get personalized, top-notch coaching whenever or wherever you're ready to train. We love that this app is so simple and user-friendly. You just film yourself doing a drill, or you can even upload your own game film, send in the video, and a Blaze coach will evaluate you and give you personalized expert advice on how to improve and take your game up a notch. We also love that Blaze has set their intention on making sure half of their soccer coaches are going to be women. They've already got a legend on the books with current Kansas City keeper Nicole Barnhart. So if you're looking for that little bit of edge to lift your game, check out blaze.io. B-L-A-Y-Z-E dot I-O. You can get started with your Blaze coach today by using the code GSN2021 to get your first coaching session totally free. All right, we kick things off. The U.S. Women's National Team Summer Series, three matches, an opportunity to see where the team was at as, as you know, we're, we're almost there. Um, and, you, you know, you saw the three teams, Portugal, Jamaica, Nigeria, and you felt the Americans should be able to handle their business and, in all honesty, dominate. Um, but what we actually saw was the, these other three teams Portugal, Jamaica, Nigeria they came to play and they were completely and totally prepared for the US women's national team they were very content to pack it in keep things tight and and defend and they all defended incredibly well you know they did put three past Jamaica early which was impressive but the Jamaicans very quickly shored things up the rest of the way and didn't give up very many clear cut chances i think this was more of an opportunity for Vlatko to really experiment and and try Try different, you know, different lineup combinations to see really what works best. We saw in that last game against Nigeria how 
uh, Lindsay Horan, Emily Sonnet got chances to play in the number six as a replacement to Julie Ertz. You know, of course, there's a lot of question marks surrounding her, her status and whether she'll be able to come back in time for the Olympics. We hope that she will. I, I, I believe that she will. But the fact that Emily Sonnet and Lindsay Horan got an opportunity to play in that position um, definitely means that it's, it's something that Vladko and his staff are looking into and they're going to make sure that they have all their bases covered. Um, this definitely looked like, like I said, a, a trial run to kind of fi- figure out what is the best you know, possible lineup for this team. And we there's an infinite number of combinations that Vladko could ultimately choose. But... We have to we have to look closer and we have to take a look at how this roster is going to look. So we would be remiss if we didn't make a little bit of a prediction ourselves as to which 18 players are going to make the roster. Now, you know, the U.S. Women's National Team looked good in this summer series in, in spite of everything, right? We know what they are and they proved that they could win ugly, which is critical because not every game is going to be, you know, perfect where teams allow them to play in space. The whole key, right, if you're going to have any chance against the U.S. Women's National Team is to make the game as ugly and as chippy and as physical as possible. You have to try to get in their heads and emotionally frustrate them because you're never you're not better than them technically skill wise you're just not there is not a team pound for pound player for player that has that level okay it's it just does not it's not there in the world right now france is maybe the only team that comes close but no other team has that level of talent so we know what the us women's national team has and you know i think from what everyone's been saying everyone's been offering up their predictions right i think we have a general idea of who the first 15 players are going to be right let's let's take a look we have Alyssa Nair as goalkeeper number one okay you have sam Mewis as one of the midfielders becky sauerbrunn as your lead center back kelly o'hara at one of the right or left back positions abby Dahlkemper, the other center back Lindsay Horan in the midfield, Julie Ertz in the midfield, Tierna Davidson at the back, a great addition to have. Alex Morgan, of course. Adriana French, this is where it gets interesting. I think we know, you know, the U.S. Women's National Team are only going to take two keepers, but A. Dizzle hasn't been all that great, at least to start off this NWSL season. Ashlyn Harris probably deserves the nod over her, but because of you know, French's accolades and what she's achieved over Harris. I think, and the fact that she's, you know, gotten that time with the U S women's national team, Harris does too. But I think French is, is going to get the nod solely because of her past exploits. You, of course we have Pino and Lavelle can't forget Megan Rapino, Rose Lavelle, Crystal Dunn. Okay. Those three are, are definitive. I think we can say that for a fact that those three are definitive. Crystal Dunn. Yes. 120%. Next up, Midge Purse has earned it. I think we would all be gutted if Midge Purse didn't make the team. We all love her. We all love how how she continues to improve and get better and continues to, to make an impact in more ways than one. I think Midge Purse deserves to go. Kristen Press has been playing out of her mind. Out of her mind. The fact that she won Woman of the Match in all three games of the Summer Series speaks to how she's it's almost like she's getting better with age. Like she looks fantastic. She's always ready, 
always ready, always in the right state of mind, ready to go. You can't help but think that the experience with Manchester United was a great one. And even though she's not with an NWSL team right now, uh, this U.S. Women's National Team experience is only going to, to, you know, help her career go even further than where it's already at. And she just deserves more respect. She really, really does. Um, now we come down to the last three spots. You know, there's, I would say there's probably four or five players fighting out for these last three spots. You know, Carly Lloyd is a very polarizing figure at the moment, right? She is not exactly a friend to a, she's not, she's not getting on people's good sides at, at this particular time. But in terms of playing and scoring goals, that she's always been great at. And I think when you're in a pinch, you're going to need, a, and you need a goal, and say Alex Morgan isn't going to be able to get that goal, that's when you have Carly Lloyd. Whether it's Lloyd or Morgan, that's going to be your lead striker, and you're going to need it in a competition like this. Christy Mewis, I think, deserves one of those other spots as well. It, it She's been playing really, really well for the last year and a half, and I really think that um, that spot should be hers. But then, you know, this last spot, I think it comes down to either Emily Sonnet, Alana Cook, or Lynn Williams. And the only reason why I don't have Lynn Williams higher is simply because, you know, she hadn't gotten off to the best start this year with the courage. I think if it was last year, you know, this time last year when Williams was playing every game under Vladko, she was showing how how great she can really be. I think she'd get the spot. Now, again, she did, you know, score that late goal in the last game, which will make Vladko, I think, second guess it and, and think again. But I'm, I'm not sure if that one goal is enough to do it when I consistently see her fail to finish for the courage. I, It's just... It's too inconsistent, unfortunately, at this particular time. Does she deserve to go still? Of course. And if it were a 20-plus player roster, of course she's going, like, without a doubt. But I just think for this tournament, you're going to... It's an international competition of the highest order, and you're trying to do something that's never been done before, which is win the Olympics, get a gold medal in the same cycle as winning a World Cup. Granted, you have the extra year to do so, but you need all the experience you can get, right? I don't think we want to relive, you know, losing to Sweden again. We don't want to do that in the Olympics. Like, we don't want to do that again. And I think this team... With Sonnet getting that last spot, I think it's Emily Sonnet. Look, I know she has, you know, she hasn't gotten the opportunity to really showcase her skills and and become that star player. But to me, I just think out of those three, Williams, Cook, and Sonnet, she's the player with the most experience, um, has versatility, can play in different positions. So I think Emily Sonnet's going to be that last 18th person making the roster. So. There's our 18 players. Um, of course, we've already got an article up on the site at girlsoccernetwork.com. A lot of you guys, you know, showed a ton of support on Instagram with that, and we really, really appreciate it. Again, if you have your predictions, be sure to share them with us on social media, wherever you'd like to get in touch with us, Instagram, Twitter, you know, shoot us a DM and let us know. Do you think this roster is good enough or do you have your own version please let us know
the U.S. women's national team. Very, very excited, though, for that Olympics. Like, so excited. Like, we... Like, to have this competition come back at this particular time, I think it's going to be a huge lift for everyone. And if the U.S. Women's National Team bring home gold, uh, it would be a special, special moment. Without without question. Without question. Before we get into the NWSL news, we hope you get the chance to check out Ask Amanda, our Instagram live show on select Sundays with mental health coach Amanda Ferranti. Amanda spends an hour talking to a guest about everything from confidence issues to tricks for having a better club team tryout. Her next guest is San Diego surf player, soon to be Stanford Cardinal, Nia Harrison. Nia will be joining Amanda Ferranti on Ask Amanda this Sunday on IG Live. Keep track of our IG stories at Girls Soccer Network for the exact time. Nia is definitely someone to watch going forward. She's part of the U.S. Women's National Team system, called into action for seven matches, uh, including the U18 team at the Tri-Continental Cup, and also has participated in five domestic and one international camp for the U16 and U18 teams. Again, Nia Harrison, remember the name. All right, we get into the NWSL and what a crazy season it has been. I think it, it's pretty difficult not to start with Orlando. Um, the resurgence. Alex Morgan, Sydney LaRue, Ashlyn Harris, Team Mom is coming back with a vengeance. I mean, seriously, all three of them are playing some of the best soccer we've seen from them in a while. This team is motivated. You know, I was hard on Orlando in the past, but I also said that they were building towards something, and now they are finally believing in Mark Skinner's vision as an organization, and credit to him and his staff for being able to execute. You know, it's still early in the year, but they're still top of the table, and this is just a glimpse of what Orlando is going to be able to do. You know, when Alex Morgan is scoring goals like she is, this team is going to be tough to beat. And what's great to see is this is really the first time that Alex Morgan has been this productive to start a season for the Pride. Uh, It's definitely set the tone for them. She's only had 18 total goals over the previous three years in the league, and now she's already got four. Uh, leading the league in scoring so she's on pace for a big year and if Alex Morgan hits double digit goals there is no doubt that Orlando is a top four team maybe even a top two team you know and they keep this top spot if Alex Morgan keeps scoring they're, they're in a great great place I don't see them you know moving from this spot but you know the Olympics are coming up you're going to need to pick up as many points as possible because they're going to lose some players with with that international break for the Olympics One of the other players, though, who's giving this team a new edge, a new look, something that other teams are having a tough time contending with right now. Taylor Korniak, rookie out of the University of Colorado, is playing at a high level. I got the chance to talk soccer with Orlando's newest star and her rise in the NWSL. Here it is, guys. Enjoy. Taylor, how are you feeling personally um, in terms of your career, both on and off the pitch and, and, and the team, just your whole situation in general? Yeah, you know, at the moment, I feel better and more prepared than I've ever been going into a season. Um, the team is in a great spot and our chemistry on and off the field has been amazing. And it definitely shows in the rankings when I'm sitting at first place. So I'm just so excited to see how the season goes and how we develop as a group. And in terms of that camaraderie that you've been able to, you guys have been able to build in the locker room, how, how did that really come about? How long have you really kind of felt it start to build? 
Well, you know, it's it's gotten so much better in the past year. Um, we have so many outgoing personalities in this team, so it's kind of hard to not be as close and and support one another. Um, and you know, the saying like we play for each other, I think it's it's so important, and it and it goes well with this team because it builds trust within the team and, and if there's no trust you know our team there's no team that can be successful so especially with the new players we have a lot of 26 27 28 year olds to kind of bridge that gap between the rookies and the older players um, especially when they came in and they've just brought a lot of you know contagious energy that in the end it just allows us to become so much more closer than ever before mm-hmm. Now, switching more of the focus back to you, you know, the Challenge Cup was more of your coming out party and everyone really kind of got to know who you are and everyone goes straight to how to your size and your aerial prowess, but you've shown you can do a little bit of everything, the chip assist to Alex Morgan, shots from long distance. How much work have you put in to get to this point and what drives you and motivates you? Well, yeah, obviously my aerial presence has to be my greatest attribute, but uh, I'm continuously working on my technical and tactical game with this team, um, not only on the field, but, but also building connections off the field with the older players has been a main focus of mine um, because I, I really believe that building that trust with them is, is so important. And uh, so much work is being put in behind the scenes with everybody, not just me. And we're all just so collectively motivated as a group to come out on top. So, yeah, just with all that, I'm just so anxious to see how how we develop and how all of our hard work pays off. Mm-hmm. And you, you talked about, you mentioned there, developing connections with some of the older players. What's it been like getting the chance to play with two of the all-time greats in, in Alex Morgan and Marta? And you're essentially in that same sentence. You're starting every game. You're part of this team. How does that feel? It feels amazing, you know, just obviously playing with with Alex and, and her helping me on and off the field. She, we go over film together, and and uh, even Sydney LaRue, she's been building a deeper connection with me off the field, and, and that translates on the field. And, and Marta, you know, just giving that thumbs up, it, it goes miles um, to receive that positive feedback from players like them. Um, but, yeah, I just think this team is so special, and, and – not only the older players, I'm learning from the rookies as well. And, and I'm just so fortunate to be surrounded by, by such talented and, and overall great human beings. Now, what would you say has been the best moment of your pro career so far? My favorite moment, um, I think I would have to choose between two. I think the, my chip to Alex just because it's it's always been a dream of mine to feed players like Alex or Marta or Sydney in behind and just being able to work well with them together. It's always been a dream of mine. Um, so Jeff, that's up there. Uh, and I also think that my Washington Spirit goal that I just recently scored is number two because uh, scoring that goal, it just it kept us in first place going into this long break. And and I was getting pretty anxious because I haven't scored since the first game of the Challenge Cup against Louisville. So breaking that streak and scoring the goal I did was was a pretty big moment for me. Um, like, although I love assisting, you know, scoring a goal once in a while always makes me happy too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Would you say you had any soccer idol or someone who you modeled your game after when you were growing up? Yes, definitely. Um, I would say Abby Wambach just because – 
uh, we have a similar stature, you know, she's six foot, I'm, I'm six one. Um, and it's easy for me to mimic her in that way. Um, but I love how intense she was and, and how smart her decision-making was on and off the ball. And, and she was just always a very strong player and really knew how to use her body, whether it be like hold up play or, or defending. I just, I just really admire her overall game. Abby Wambach, I mean, one of the all-time leading goal scorers. Is that something you feel like a goal that you can set to get to the national team one day? Yeah, you know, I, that's the main goal is to, to get to that team. Um, and, yeah, I just think studying Abby Wambach and, and studying her habits and, and how she, her aerial game is just unbeatable. And I, I definitely think that would help me get there. She's just such a good role model. She's such a great person, it seems. Uh, and yeah, I just think overall she's she's just pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And now that you know you're you're a rookie, and there's a lot of unspoken things that go around the league when you were a rookie. Um, have you had to deal with any kind of initiation into the league or any kind of like weird stories that all the veterans make the rookies do? You know, I really haven't had to do that. Um, okay. There wasn't really initiation. Uh, I just. You know, as a rookie, you just have to make sure you come into practicing games, giving 110% every day and and earning the respect of, of your teammates and just making sure I show up every day with the same attitude so they know what to expect from me. And, and yeah, just showing up for them is, is what matters. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of your coach, Mark Skinner, talk about the belief he has in you and, and how far you guys have come in terms of helping grow your game together yeah um i mean he's he's been played such a big role in my in my professional career ever since day one when he drafted me um he's helped me become more mature as a as a person in general and it, and it helped my confidence going onto the field and and he's trusted me in playing different positions you know i came from college playing attacking mid and and he's moved me out wide to start playing the seven um so I've been playing that. I've been playing center forward. I've just been playing all these different positions, trying to learn each each position. So when I go back to my normal one, it just helps me know more about the game in general. And and also my fitness playing wide. So it's just he's he's helped me develop aspects of my game that I never thought I could. And and yeah, I just think he's he's been great and he's he's played a huge role in in my game so far. Mm-hmm. How how tough of an adjustment was it when you first came over from the University of Colorado to, to here, to, to Orlando? It was a big adjustment, especially I think mental health was was top of the list. You know, I came last year and with all the events that occurred, then I ended up going overseas to Germany and, and being in a foreign country uh, with a language barrier. And there were so many different aspects that went into it that that helped me for when I returned back to the NWSL. So I just think um, having a good state of mind was big for me. And I'm glad I, I beat that demon, but I know there's going to be more obstacles in the way and and just take it one step at a time. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, mental health in, in today's day and age is it's, it's so, so critical. Last question for you. Uh, what advice do you have for all the young girls out there trying to make it uh, to the pro or college level? Yeah, for the younger players, I would definitely say 
put yourself in uncomfortable positions where you, you always have the opportunity to grow as a player on and off the field. Um, and, a, and also, like, appreciate playing with other players that have the drive to be successful as you do. It will definitely help learning from each other. And, and also, like I said before, mental health is going to be extremely important once you enter college, possibly pro level, if that's where um, you want to be in the future. And just, yeah, having the right people around you and make sure you always stay on the right path as you grow into that person you want to be is going to be extremely important going down the road. Again, that was Taylor Korniak, striker for the Orlando Pride, a rookie sensation who has taken the league by storm. Again, you heard her talk about one of her soccer idols being Abby Wambach, and you can see a lot of her game being similar to Wambach. She has a lot to offer and could very well be a national team player one day, especially if she's going to continue to stay in the film room with Alex Morgan more often. You know, in order to be great, you got to be willing to surround yourself with great people, and it looks like Taylor Korniak is doing everything she can to get better uh, we saw it again in their game against Gotham today uh, really showing that she's going to be a professional in the truest sense and ready to contribute every single step of the way so again it was a great opportunity to have Taylor on and we really appreciate the pride and hopefully you know they continue to keep this going the rest of the year um, they just played a great game with Gotham uh, 1-1 draw but it was a well-deserved point for both teams. It really looked like for the longest time that Orlando was not going to be able to get that equalizer. Gotham had defended. We know what they're capable of when they defend. So, again, it was pretty clear um, that Gotham was going to come away with the three points. But at the very last second, um, Orlando was able to get that late equalizer and uh, stay atop the table. So, I mean, Orlando is... Definitely a team to watch this year, and they've been a surprise. I think not many people were expecting them to make the jump this soon. Um, but if they can continue to build and continue to build momentum, right, they will be a team that's going to be a, a, for sure a playoff team. But will they get one of those top two spots to automatically move into the semifinal? That's something uh, that I was not aware of initially. Six out of the top ten are getting in, right, to the playoffs with, again, teams three through six vying for an opportunity to get to the semis. So spots one and two, you get automatic buys. The three, the third place team will play the sixth place team and the fourth place team will play the fifth place team. So that's going to be a lot of fun when we get to the end of the year. We still got a little bit of time for that. All right, moving on. The Reign have signed Mexican international Jimena Lopez through the 2023 season. A good signing for them, an internationally capped player. Definitely going to help them at the back. But more importantly for the Reign, we saw Jennifer Marazan and Sarah Bohadi make their debuts over from Lyon. And so you have Olympic Lyonnais finally implementing their plan and getting their star players over to the Reign. Like that didn't take all that much time. There's also Eugenie Lesomer as well. But in that first First game, it is clear the rain struggled. They had no real number six in that spot, right? You already traded away Alley Long to Gotham. Uh, they have no real number six, and the courage just gashed them all game. I personally think there is so much talent here, but there are too many moving parts right now for for Ben Steedy to marriage, for them to be to manage, for them to be a serious contender. Um, you know, what about the young players? Right? That's my concern. We did see Bethany Balser and we did see Ziara King. But with so many stars, 
how will they be given the opportunity to grow and be given the freedom that they need to come into themselves? Yara King is can't just be a super sub off the bench every game, right? She like as much effort as you can put in off the field, as much practice and training as you can do, right? You still need the game experience too. You need the starts, you need the minutes on the pitch in order to adapt and adjust and figure out what works best for you on the field as well right? How much of the field are they going to see with all of this new influx of talent, right? Eugenie Le Sommer also um, is coming. Now, I guess the Olympics, you know, will definitely help that concern that, you know, we have that Ziara King and Bethany Balser will get plenty of opportunities this year with the rain because Marazan is probably going um, to the Olympics. Buhadi, Le Sommer are going with France, you know, so... They're probably going to go away for the summer. So Balser and King will still get those opportunities. But this early in their career, like they need the opportunity to grow into themselves. And I don't feel like they're being given that opportunity. So with even Eugenie Le Sommer let to make, you know, yet to make her debut, uh, this should be an interesting development to watch moving forward. Next up. I wanted to take a quick second to talk about Trinity Rodman because, again, going back to what I just said about Bethany Balser and Ziara King, maybe not being given enough time to grow and develop, Trinity Rodman is getting everything that she possibly needs in Washington and is already blossoming before our very eyes. Literally showed up to the league as a teenager and is scoring and creating at such a high rate. Like, imagine what she'd be doing at Washington State right now in college. She would be destroying. Like, and and on top of that, she'd have to wait because of eligibility concerns. So clearly, she made the right decision by coming out now because she's, like, running past and around through NWSL defenses like it's no big deal. And the NWSL is a defensive-minded league. You know, it is very clearly defense first. So to see her doing what she's doing, it is a joy to watch. And, you know, we're really excited just to see how she continues to grow and get better. The spirit, you know, have something really great there. They really, really do. As we continue to roll along into other NWSL news, we definitely 120% wanted to highlight that it is Pride Month, a very, very important month, no matter what you believe in or who you like and don't like you need to support the lgbtq community that's just without doubt like just support the community it's really not that difficult be there and show up for this month and and learn and educate yourself as much as you possibly can it's so critical a lot of important news surrounding pride month um you know Kumi Yokoyama of the Washington Spirit actually just came out as transgender so we have two players in the league who use they and them pronouns. Kumi Yokoyama. Now, earlier, we had Quinn, who was formerly known as Rebecca Quinn, now goes by Quinn. So now we have two players, and this is huge for the league. We had Ioana Lohman, of course, who was formerly in the league, who was very open about her sexuality as well. This is huge. This is huge for the women's game because we know women are not shy about it. I mean, there are, of course, people who are naturally afraid and and worried about being able to truly express themselves and be open, which is fine, right? People are always, you know, you can only be ready when you're ready. But I think Kumi Yokoyama making this decision is 
amazing to do this and obviously having come to America and playing in Germany she's seen what it's like and obviously felt like now was the time and here's some quotes directly from the Japan Times on what she had to say again straight from Kumi Yokoyama I've dated several women over the years but I had to stay closeted in Japan in Japan I'd always be asked if I had a boyfriend but here in the United States I'm asked if I have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. When my girlfriend said there was no reason for me to stay closeted, it really hit me. Coming out wasn't something I was enthusiastic about, but if I think about my life going forward, it would be hard, harder to live closeted, so I found the courage to come out. Incredible. Incredible that she did. Especially, you know, with a country like Japan that is far more traditional uh, than a place and conservative than a country like the United States is. So, Props to you, uh, Kumi Okayama, for being able to do that and, and express yourself. We support you. Uh, everyone in the NWSL community and women's soccer community supports you. Uh, this begs to, to bring up another question. You know, women have been have not been afraid to come out and then openly wear that sexuality on their sleeve. Whereas, you know, the men's game is so different. The only player I can think of, right, is Robbie Rogers, who openly came out. And unfortunately, his career was never quite the same after that. For whatever reason, we have to ask this question, why is it the way it is on the men's side? Is Do we really have, like, I, I mean, I know we have a toxic masculinity problem. That's a definitive thing in, in sports, in the world. It's always going to be there. But you have to question, like, there are definitely more gay men soccer players out there. Like, you can guarantee that. But again, people are just, we're still in a world where people are afraid and... That's just the way, unfortunately, things are because people are afraid of things that are different. People are afraid of things that they can't necessarily wrap their heads around. We always need to compartmentalize, put things into boxes, label them, put a label on things. We always feel the need to do that as a society. But if we can have more of an open mind right, and, and be willing to understand that a person's sexual orientation has nothing to do with their ability to play a game that they love. If we could get to that point, maybe we can make some progress. But until then, it's going to be very, very difficult in, in today's society for guys to be able to, to do it in sports because it is such a such a machismo thing. Again, going back to Kumi Yokoyama, what an incredible story for her to be coming out as transgender in this time. And I mean, we're really grateful that, you know, the United States is a place where she felt comfortable enough to do that because being able to do it in Japan is not something that would have been received very well. You can guarantee that it would not have been received well. So again, great for Kumi Okayama. And, you know, as Pride Month rages on, we hope that more more players continue to, to share their stories and continue to let us know how they've been impacted and what more we can do to support them moving forward. All right, a couple other important NWSL signings to get you caught up on. Nadia Nadim coming to Racing Louisville. Let me tell you, that's a big move for Louisville to get a player of her stature who's been around for so long so well respected um just won the french league title with psg um to end Lyon's streak of dominance who would have thought Lyon's streak of dominance would end uh, in terms of winning the league psg taking that spot from them uh, nadia nadim will be a huge boost for louisville in that locker room to give them even more veteran experience someone who they can just reliably count on game in and game out 
Another thing I wanted to highlight, though, Louisville just beat Houston, okay? Remember what we said on the last episode, if, if you two didn't. One was that, is Houston going to be able to do this over the course of a long season? And two, Louisville had just signed Ebony Salmon from Bristol City over in England. And guess what? Did I not say we need to keep an eye on her? I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Not to toot my own horn here, but Ebony Salmon was someone to keep an eye on. Within the first minute of her coming on the field, the first minute she scores. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Hate to be that guy that says, I told you so, but boom, there it is. 78th minute, 79th minute, puts on a crazy turn. A cheeky as all can be turned to beat the defender and tuck it, side foot it past the keeper. Jane Campbell couldn't get there. There are so many players at the NWSL that can't do what she did, and she did it literally within 30 seconds. That's what I'm talking about. This is what we need more of in the league. We need to we need to get our scouting departments going and finding young talent in England that even the English don't want. Right? If we can find if we can scout their international players better than they scout their own players, like the American Federation, Football Federation is going to become unstoppable on the women's side. Like literally unstoppable. Like you we're already seeing the men delve and recruit into other areas, right? So, you know, if we can get into other areas and like find a way, like just keep identifying talent like this, because Ebony Salmon is a big time talent and already showed you what she can do uh, so one nil to louisville they've got two wins now in the year and i think they passed houston in the standings they moved up to seventh houston down to eighth so i've been saying man and had a good feeling about coach christy holly and this louisville team about what their vision was what it was and they've implemented it and executed it really great up until this point. So credit Louisville. Yes, they're in seventh, one spot off the you know the sixth spot, but we're going to see them only get better from here. I mean, will there be growing pains? Of course they will, but it's their first year. And for them to be doing this well in their first year and, and making it tough on other teams, that's just a great indicator that the future is so bright for this team. So, so bright. And so I'm very, very excited to see Ebony Salmon continue to score for Louisville because you could expect a lot of that this year. Like expect, expect it because she is, she is here. She's here. Another big signing. Gaetan Tine uh, joins Gotham FC on loan from Paris FC for this season. She's 35 years old, but very well experienced. Has 163 caps for France. Is a starter for them. Has played with France for a long time. One of their better players. Like, I would say almost to the level of a Eugenie Le Sommer. Not quite there, but again, someone who you can play right away into more of an attacking position and with Gotham's defense being as strong as it is this is a great move to help their offense um, we'll see what she brings you know in, in Gotham's game against the pride what you're gonna see is defensive efficiency first and then you know then the goals will come so like again one nil they got that goal in the stroke of halftime and just Again, not much in attack. You're not going to see all that much in attack. They are. It's not that they're not trying. It's just can they generate the offense? And Tine could be just the right piece to unlock 
a lot of NWSL defenses. So excited to see how Gotham is going to use her um, for the rest of this season. All right, that is all we have for episode 41 of Give and Go today. Thank you so, so much for taking the opportunity to listen to us at Girl Soccer Network. And again, if you want to listen to this podcast, Give and Go, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, a lot of the major platforms. You can check us out there. And of course, for all the latest news analysis, latest, greatest analysis from the world of women's soccer, go to www.girlsoccernetwork.com. Check us out on Instagram at Girls Soccer Network or on Twitter at Girls Soccer Net. We have a YouTube channel as well. Go check us out there at Girls Soccer Network. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Stay blessed. We love you. Take care.